0: Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? <laughs> I do hope that I get through this breach tonight. honestly, the whole day has just been stirring in my heart just what Jesus has done, and as I listen to the worship and I listen to just the adoration and read the messages and Go on Facebook, every person is saying he is risen, He is risen. I'm like, do we really understand what Jesus did for us? Do we sometimes just in the, in the bigness of life and church that we forget what Jesus really did for us? So I did ask that uh, we asked as the eldership that the great four to sixers are. you guys are sitting here on this side, where else is there more of you? On this side, there's, uh, there's little questions that I have for you guys. So you guys are going to be part of this, this sermon tonight. There's five questions. You should have it. And uh, if you can fill in all five of those questions, you can go to Auntie Debbie and uh, you'll get rewarded. Who else wants to do the five questions? <laughs> if you have extras, Deborah, and you can give some. Whoever wants to do it, there's five questions. Just want to get everything sorted here quickly. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalm, Psalms chapter 22. It's kind of an odd place to start, eh? to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, the book of Psalms. I want to give you a little bit of uh, background on the book of Psalms and the scripture that we will read tonight. That's your first clue. The scripture we will read tonight is Psalm chapter 22, verse 6. That's your first clue for those of you who are filling in your five questions. Psalm 22 is a very interesting psalm because we see it starts off with these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where have you heard those words? Those were the words of Jesus on the cross. And this psalm, second clue, by the way, was written a thousand years before Jesus was even crucified. A thousand years So this is a very important psalm, and I want to encourage you, even though we're only going to look at one verse out of that psalm pretty much, I would want to encourage you to go read the full psalm and get the whole idea behind it. It's called the Crucifixion Psalm or the Psalm of the Cross because of all the references that is made to the cross of Jesus Christ. So it's clearly a messianic psalm. And it gives a detailed prophetic description of our Lord's crucifixion. Now I tell you, if anybody read that a thousand years before the time, they wouldn't understand it. But if you read it in the light of what Jesus has done on the cross, you understand what has happened then. It is basically like a little photograph of... Jesus' saddest hours. It's a little photograph of the record of his dying words. It's a record uh, of, of what has happened at Calvary's cross that you and I can read and see it. And it points to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Jesus points to him, and we'll see that now. He made quite a few statements that he says, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the salt. I am the bread. And we're going to see another I am statement that we don't know if Jesus uttered it, but it is recorded for us in the book of Psalm, chapter 22. Before us in Psalm 22, we see a detailed description of both the darkness, and the glory of the cross. We see the suffering of Jesus, and we see the glory that shall follow. Just turn with me quickly in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, and let's read the Scripture. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. This is pointing to the glory to come. Uh, just, Just verse 9, please. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. You can just skip those. Let me get it. Is it there? Okay. But we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels. That's very important. This is talking about Jesus. Namely, Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Jesus went to the cross for each one of us. But there is something of a suffering, and this is what I want to look at tonight, is the suffering that he went through. So Matthew and Mark, both of them in Matthew 27 and Mark chapter 15, they quote this this cry of anguish of Jesus. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is how the psalm starts. But then we see in verse 6 something very interesting. So can we get Psalm 22, verse 6 up there? And I don't know if you've ever read this scripture in your entire life. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. I am a worm. This is Jesus referring to himself, we see an unusual description of of Jesus, our Messiah. I am a worm and not a man. While there is no record that we see in the gospels or any other place that Christ uttered these words on the cross, there is little doubt that these words were on the heart of Jesus. You see, this is already a great mystery for, for God to have become man. And then This man, Jesus, to become a lamb. Because the Bible talks about him as the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. But this is now even greater mystery to all all of us that he says, I am a worm. He's lower than the lamb. I'm a worm and not a man. This is another forgotten. I believe one of those forgotten I am statements that we don't read. We always read, I am the bread of life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. But We don't read this one that says, I am a worm. I am a worm. Quickly turn to John chapter 8. I want to read three verses in John chapter 8 there. Do you have all three of them separate? Those are three separate verses. Verse 24, verse 28, and verse 58. Yeah. I told you that you would die in your sins. This is Jesus speaking, for unless you believe that I am he, he will die in your sins. This is Jesus' warning in John. And then verse 28. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know. In other words, when you've lifted him up on the cross, then you will know that I am he. And then I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just. As the Father taught me. And then verse 58. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. This is, this is the name of God in the Old Testament. Moses asked him, he says, who are you? He says, I am. I am who I am. And this is what Jesus is echoing here right now. I am. But he is now saying I am a worm. And there's a very big significance to this. I am a worm speaks of how little value, how little value the leaders of Israel and the Roman officials placed on Jesus of Nazareth. I am a worm. A worm is a creature of the ground. He is helpless. He is frail. And he is unwanted. Who wants worms? You only go catch fish with worms. You don't want worms. Jesus felt himself to be comparable to a helpless, powerless, downtrodden worm. Passive. And then Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this. He says that he was crushed for our iniquities. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities in other words our sin Jesus was crushed upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his stripes we are healed and unnoticed and despised by those who trod him down Isaiah 53 verse 3 says he was despised and he was forsaken of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and like one from whom men hid their face he was despised he was held in contempt in other words and he did not esteem and that we did not esteem him literally it means we estimated him as nothing that's what it means This was written in Isaiah 700 years before the crucifixion of Jesus. 700 years. Isaiah says, This is the Christ. Men will turn their faces away from him and not esteem him. They will look upon him and not even recognize him. Because Jesus is now comparing himself to a worm, to a worm. He selects a worm, the weakest of creatures, which is all flesh. were We're the same. We're just weak. And he becomes, when trodden upon, writhing, quivering flesh, utterly devoid of any might, no strength. Jesus has got no strength on that cross, and he dies for you and for me. This was a true likeness of himself when his body and soul had become a mass of misery. The very essence of agony when he was crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane is sweating blood because he doesn't want to go to the cross. He says, Father, Father, if it is at all possible Will you let this cup pass me by? But remember what he says in John, what he says to his disciples. He says, I do anything, everything on the authority of my father. My father has asked that I come and that I sacrifice myself. He says, no man takes my life. I give it. I give it. I give it. That's why he is the lamb led to slaughter. You see, man by nature is also but a worm. You and I, we're just worms. Job chapter 25, verse 6, if we can read that quickly. How much less man who is a maggot? Have you read this scripture? And the Son of Man who is a worm? We have made ourselves so high. We think so much of ourselves. Just because if you you have millions in the bank and you can buy Twitter, you think you have it made. It doesn't care. I don't care. You're still a worm and a maggot. Elon Musk. Doesn't matter. We're just worms. Let's read also in Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 14 says this. Fear not, you worm, Jacob. (laughs) Fear not, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. But our Lord Jesus puts himself even beneath man. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 to 8 says this. But made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He made himself nothing. William Cowper said this, God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. God wants to do things through this worm, through this picture of a worm. And I want to show you something that, and before we go on to that, I want to quickly read Isaiah 52 verse 14, just one more verse before we get to this. As many were astonished at you, His appearance this is Jesus on the cross. This is speaking about Jesus. His appearance was so marred. Now, now I want to ask you, how, how, how hard must I hit Wade that you will not recognize him? There's a poor planker. How hard must I hit him? Because that's what happened to Jesus. He was so marred beyond. Human semblance beyond Jesus is not a Calvin Klein model hanging on the cross with blonde hair and blue eyes with a trickle of blood coming out of his mouth. You would not recognize his human form, it was a sack of flesh and bones hanging on the cross. A cat of nine tails was constituted of pieces of bone and metal, and they would whip you, and it wasn't like when we used to get hidings in school, allegedly, allegedly, we never got hidings in school, (laughs) we need to edit this out I think, it's the old days, I got hidings in school, where you had to stand and wait for those cuts to come, all three of them or six of them. Depends on which one it was, which teacher it was. No, 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 my friends. This was a whipping post. They would chain you to that whipping post. And two men with these things would come and just hit you. They don't care what happens. They don't care if a piece of your skin out of your, out of your mouth, if one of them hooked you in the mouth and just ripped a piece of flesh out. They don't care. 39 times. 39 times he was hit. And then they would put a crown of thorns on his head and he had to drag a very, very heavy piece of wood up a hill to a place that was called the place of the skull, Golgotha, where there's already two men crucified, hanging. And he's the one in the middle. Here's the question. You guys know that Jesus was given water on the cross, vinegar water, vinegar. Do you know why there was vinegar water there? For the Roman soldiers when they were pooing to clean themselves with, that's the water they gave to Jesus. <laughs> that's the water that Jesus drank when he says, I'm thirsty. Who wants Vinegar. Who wants to drink vinegar? I don't want to drink vinegar. And he's been hanging the whole day on that cross with pieces of his rib. You could see his lungs through his ribs. Pieces of skin just hanging on the cross. He became a worm to be crushed so that you and I can live. This is what Jesus did for you and for me. This is why this weekend is so significant. And I go and stop crying. Can you put those three pictures up? This is the interesting part. If this wasn't interesting. Look at those things. Those are worms. That's a worm. That's a worm. That thing is called coccus illicitis. That worm is called Coccus elicis. The crimson worm is another clue for you guys. It's called the crimson worm. So the Hebrew word for worm that we see here in the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 22, verse 6. The Hebrew word is tola, T-O-L-A, tola which most scholars associate with this worm, the caucasilisus or the crimson worm. In ancient times, this worm was crushed to produce a blood-red scarlet dye. And the same word for scarlet is tola. Same thing. Same word that we see. So they would get a dye from this. They would crush this these worms, into a pulp, into nothing, that you can't see it. It would just be red dye. Now listen to the things that they used to dye with. (laughs) This is crazy. This is crazy. The scarlet dye that was made from this crimson worm was to adorn the ten curtains of the tabernacle. There's a few of them. There's about five of them. Those are another clues for you guys. Ten curtains of the tabernacle according to Exodus 26 verse 1. Another one was the screen for the one-way door of the tabernacle. Remember when Jesus says, I am the door. He knew exactly what he was referring to. That that hanging there, that curtain was red and that's the one that you need to pass through. It's me. The Bible is amazing. The Bible is amazing. We see these things in the book of Exodus, and Jesus is that picture. So, when he's hanging on the cross, he is fulfilling all these things that we see in the Old Testament. The next one was the veil that was separating the holy place from the holy of holies. You see, that's the veil that is also torn. Jesus cried with a loud voice, yielding up his spirit, and the veil of the temple, tearing from top to bottom, open a new and living way which, we, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. So what happened was, when Jesus died on the cross and he, he, he gave his last breath, there was this massive veil that was also red, that was also colored with this, with this little worm. And it tore from top to bottom. The garments of the high priest in Exodus 28, and we see it in Hebrews 2, they were also colored with this dye. You see, in the Old Testament, the use of tola, which depict a worm like we see in Psalm 22, 6, It actually appears 33 times in Old Testament, and most of them are in the book of Exodus, depicting the blood-red scarlet material which foreshadowed the Messiah and His redemptive work on the cross. Here's another one, the last one. Little did the Roman soldiers comprehend the deep significance of the scarlet robe they placed on Christ, mocking Him. With their, cry, with their cry, Hail, King of the Jews. Let's quickly read Matthew 27, verse 28 to 29, if we can get that up. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe. That's that. It's a red robe made with these worms. Jesus is now taking that on. He's, he's identifying. He says, I am this worm that was spoken of a thousand years ago. In the book of Psalm, this is me put a scarlet rope on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and put a reed in his right hand, and kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. You see, Hebrews 2.9 said to us, He was made a little lower than the angels. He was even made lower than man. And finally, he becomes this crimson worm, a worm that was crushed beneath the load of sin. Galatians 3 verse 13, if we can get that. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who is hanging on a tree. see, in order to produce the dye for these robes, the lowly worm had to be crushed. Of course, after the crushing had taken place, the worm was no longer recognizable as such. And that's exactly what I said just now. So it was with Jesus on the cross when he was crushed under the weight of sin. Just imagine, just apart from the beatings, apart from all the things that has happened, what do you look like when you have a common cold? Men, I know you look worse than women. We do, because it's real. Man flu is real. It's a medical condition. I have a doctor in the house that will confirm it. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. No, it's just confirmed by a doctor. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's real. But just look at yourself. You know, when you look, it's that snotty nose, that red eyes. and that—that's just, That's just a common cold. All the diseases that's in planet earth was placed upon Jesus. All the sin. Look at a drug addict. Look at somebody that's on tick. Look at somebody that's on cocaine. Look at somebody that is, that is just in sin and just, you know, on alcohol and abuse. Look at it. All of that was placed upon Jesus. All of that. I don't think I wanted to look at him. I don't think I wanted to look at Jesus in that state. I don't think I wanted to see that. That's why the world has painted this beautiful little picture of a Jesus hanging on the cross. But he was crushed. He was crushed. He was crushed for our iniquities. Crushed. He was no longer recognizable. And then, apart from all of that stuff, the father poured out his anger upon his son. Not because he's angry at Jesus, but because he hates sin. And sin was poured out on Jesus. That's why Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We get let down by friends and we are devastated. The Father turned his face away from his Son. The Father, the Bible says it pleased the Father because you and I couldn't do that. You and I couldn't die on that cross because we had too much sin. Jesus was sinless, and he had to become sin. He had to take all that upon himself so that the Father could be satisfied. And say, Stephen, Steve, you go free because of Jesus. crashed I want to end off, and so it should not surprise us that the Holy Spirit also used the same word that is used for, for red or for crimson, for sin, not just redemption, not just Jesus, but also sin. Now look at this in Isaiah chapter one, verse eighteen. Look at this. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like tola, like scarlet, same word that is used in Psalm 22 verse 6. Okay, same word. They shall be as white as snow, though they are like crimson, same word, they shall become like wool. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit compares these two pictures God gives the universal invitation, come now, let us all reason together. This is an invitation for every single person sitting in this place tonight. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red, like crimson, like the Hebrew word tola, they will be like wool. In a display of God's amazing and, and sometimes very mysterious grace. The Spirit chose the same Hebrew word Tola to depict Messiah and Sin. Same word. That's the choice of the Holy Spirit. Within the writings of the scripture of the word, we see both these words. And Paul explains this deep mystery, writing that the Father made him. Actual fact, let's just read 2 Corinthians 5.21. I'm not gonna read let's read, read it together. For our sake, for you and for me, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. This is what I just said. He took all the sin, every single sin, everything that you will do and have done and will still do. The amazing thing is this, that he says, while we were sinners, Jesus died on the cross for us. But we think we need to come and first do a few things and and get ourselves sorted out and then we can come to Jesus. No, he says, I take you with all your sin. He says, for your sake, for you, for your sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus was sinless. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When Christ Jesus was crushed by the weight of our sins like a crushed crimson worm. He shed his blood that our sins might be covered by his his blood. And we might forever be clothed in a new garment, in a new robe. In actual fact, Isaiah 61 verse 10 calls this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, as a bride adorns herself with the jewels. That is what Jesus came to do for each one of us. Though your sins were red. Now, I haven't done this. I would like to know if anybody knows scientifically if this is true. But apparently if you put a solid rating and a see-through red thing on top of it, that it cancels the two reds out and it becomes a white color. But that's basically how it works. That your sin was so red and the blood of Jesus comes over that, it cancels it out and makes it white. That's what happens. That's what, that's what the scriptures are saying to us. That though you were red in your sin, though you were scarlet and red, that the blood of Jesus comes over you. You become white like snow, like wool. That's it. The Bible says He remembers your sins no more. What a Savior. Crushed for our iniquities. One last thing about this tola, which is very interesting. This worm would reproduce. Listen to this. Can we get that picture of that worm up there again? That little worm. It will reproduce by fastening itself to the limb of a tree. He, by his own choice, that worm. Some will say it's more an insect than a worm. But corkisilisus fastens itself to a tree. It's like Jesus. He goes to the cross. The tree curses any man that hangs on the tree by choice. And then he dies on that tree in the process of reproducing his new babies. So out of the death of Jesus, you and I are born And that's what the scriptures are saying that you and I out of out of his death, and all that is left on that tree is this red spot. That's all you see. How amazing is God (laughs) that even in nature, that through nature, he is showing us Jesus through everything. I think it was John Calvin that says that in every blade of grass we can see Jesus. The taller, this worm, climbs up a tree by itself as if it impelled by nature to fulfill its mission. In the same way Jesus declared, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. The last thing, the last clue for you guys. I hope you've got all of them. H.A. Ironside said this. He said, the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am a worm. I am the taller. And he had to be crushed in death that you and I might be clothed in glory. The glorious garments of our salvation are the garments that had been procured or bought as a result of his death and his suffering. We all have fallen short. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. No one seeks after God, the Bible says. No man in the book of Romans. But I want to, tonight, through Scripture, through nature, I want to implore you, if you're sitting here tonight, maybe just close your eyes as we, just, as you're sitting here and you heard what happened to Jesus on the cross. Now, There is so much more to the crucifixion. I mean, just the the whole story of give us Barabbas. I mean, the choice of Barabbas was most probably the first convert that we would see, you know. It's amazing. And he goes free. He's 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 the killer. He's the thief. He's the everything. But Jesus is the one that's dying for us. So tonight... As we celebrate across the globe, we celebrate the death on Friday and the burial and the resurrection today of Jesus on the cross. And 40 days from now, we will celebrate his ascension because Jesus said, it's better for me that I go and I will send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, because I need to go prepare a place for you in heaven with my father. But tonight you're sitting here You're a visitor maybe for the first time. Maybe you've come to this church a few times. But I want to implore you, don't walk out here that you don't know where you are going to go tonight. That you don't surrender your life to Jesus. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Jesus died for you on the cross. That's what he came to do. That was his mission. For three years, he walked with his disciples and he taught them. And this last week was the culmination of his ministry, pretty much. That he had to die. He had to be crushed like a worm. That's why he called himself a worm. He says, I'm a worm and not a man.